Hello and welcome to episode 44 of the I Brew My Own Coffee podcast. We are the podcast for people who care about coffee, and I am your host, Brian Bikey, and joining me as always, my co-host, I almost forgot how to do this, Brian Sheely. <laughs> That's a good way to start it out, yeah. Hey, we, but- uh, you know, a little a little summer break in, in between episodes, and you almost forget what you, you're doing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, it isn't just like riding a bike, uh, as as they always claim. Right, but uh, yeah, we're back. It's, we're back. It's been a year since we took over the I Brew My Own Coffee podcast from Alex, and so our first episode aired on July second, and we've just uh, been a little bit busy. We know some of you have been busy too, so it gives a little time for some of you all to get caught up on the episodes. It gives us a little bit of time to get caught up on life and to plan out some of the next couple episodes that we're going to be running into. So we had a little uh, break, but uh, we've missed you, and we hope that you guys have missed us. We uh, appreciate joining back. So, hey, let's talk about uh, what you've been brewing lately. So, you got a long time you could have cho- you could choose a coffee from. I know, right? I've got a, I've had coffee from from almost a whole month with with the, without having talked about it with you. So, uh, I I guess this is a lot of pressure, but um, right now, actually, as we speak, I am enjoying a cup of the uh, Ethiopia Shakiso from Populous Coffee. Have, I, have you had this one too? I don't uh, believe I've had the Shakiso. I think the last, I know, I know I've had an Ethiopian from them recently, but I don't believe it was Shakiso. Okay. Yeah. So this one, um, I was really impressed by it. it it's, uh, I, I brewed it up this morning at home on the ratio. And then we also brought it to the office to brew up as our afternoon coffee and uh, just both both ways on the ratio and then on the Chemex today. It's been awesome. Uh, just super sweet. It's really, really, really floral, like um, just aromatic and and it kind of just fills fills your whole senses. Um, but then it finishes off with this really, really sweet and juicy stone fruit kind of thing going on at the end. Uh, and it's just an easy drinker and a Kind of a, a little bit different from some uh, some of the Ethiopians that I have in right now. This one's also a fresh crop, so um, definitely a, a good one. I'm I'm happy that I brewed this up today. What about you? What you brewing? So it's it's been a little bit, but we just got back from vacation. In the morning before, we were flying out really early, so I brewed up uh, probably on the V60 a cup to go to the airport of the Steadfast Sarah Azul Geisha. Mm. So I'd had this previously, uh, but a friend, Jonathan Chu, was in town and left me with a a little bit of extra bag that he had. So thank you, thank you, thank you for that. It was a beautiful coffee last time, so it was so great to visit it again and brewed that up in, gosh, what a a terrible coffee to brew prior to leaving, right? (laughs) All All of the comforts of brewing at home all the time. So, I mean, just a beautiful coffee. It's, uh, I mean, everything that I love about a geisha and uh, great floral qualities. It's it's interesting because there are elements about it that almost are as saturated and intense like the fruit notes that you might find in like a natural processed coffee a little bit. But then it's also got some tropical notes in there too. Creamy. It's just a really, really great, great coffee. So, yeah. it's it's beautiful. I was impressed with that one. And, and actually... You know, that sort of thing we always ask around the holidays, like, what do you get the person who has everything? Um, I I recently had an opportunity to buy somebody coffee and figured, you know, they were a huge coffee fan and 
uh, so I didn't really know like what I should get them. And so that's actually the coffee that I, that I bought Ooh. for them. And so it, it's solid, man. It's a, it's a good one. I'm, I, I actually had it in my house and I was really, really tempted to like crack it open and, and steal a couple grams. Of but course. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Only I eight it or 10 will do. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a good one for sure. So it's really funny though, cause you, you, you mentioned at the beginning that, you know, we, we did take a break. Um, this episode, we're going to be talking, uh, about, we're actually, we're going to answer some of the emails that we've been getting, uh, over the last couple of months. Um, and before we really get into our emails a whole lot, we're going to, we're going to kind of tease and talk about some stuff that's going on with you. Um, but I thought it was really interesting when you were just talking a bit ago about, uh, how we've, uh, been taking a break and stuff. One of the emails that we actually got, uh, the Friday after we skipped an episode, <laughs> Uh, somebody emailed us and, and asked if we were done with the podcast. Ouch. <laughs> so you guys, you guys throwing in the towel? Or are you done? So we do uh, have one listener. So that's encouraging. Yes. One person realized that, uh, we had missed an episode and then called us on it, uh, via email. And so, uh, we're here to say that, no, we have not quit. Uh, we're still here. So anyway, thanks for listening. Thank you to, for listening very much. To that one, one thank listener. you for emailing us. We love getting emails. It's sometimes it's a little difficult uh, for us to get back with them all the time, yeah. but uh, we always appreciate hearing from people too. Yep, definitely. And so we're going to answer some emails uh, on this episode. But before we start with that, um, this is a very timely topic. Uh, something that is going on with one of the co-hosts of this show, namely Brian Bikey. Um So you are making the big leap. Can you tell us a little bit about what uh, what is in store for your next couple of weeks? Yeah, so anybody who has, uh, well, they might not have seen, I don't, you know, with uh, social media's algorithms and stuff, you may not have caught it, but our family's been here in Dallas for about a year, and before that, we were in Cincinnati, uh, that's where me and my wife met, that's where my coffee journey started, but my hometown is in Louisville, Kentucky, and I was, uh, my wife and I have been trying to figure out, you know, um, if Dallas has been a feasible place for us and staying in the game industry, if that's been uh, feasible for us. And through all that and through some conversations with um, uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Michael Butterworth at Quills Coffee, uh, kind of long story short, I, I was offered a position to jump on board at Quills Coffee in my hometown of Louisville. And um, that's that's what I'm going to be doing. So we are in the midst of packing up. We're actually going to be leaving um, next Friday. So just uh, not a couple, you know, less than two weeks from when you all listen to this episode. And I'll be starting the week right after the weekend that we move there. And I'll be doing um, the role as uh, director of digital sales and marketing. So I'll likely be spending some time behind the bar, but uh, I'll be doing a lot of background stuff too with a, a really awesome team. A lot of the people in coffee, uh, or that that I know of or that I have relationships with, like Lee and his wife and Michael Butterworth, Steve Reinhardt, Prima, a lot of folks I know because of Quill's Coffee. And so it's uh, it's exciting. It's a great uh, team to work with. It's a nice, small, tight-knit uh, coffee growth, uh, excuse me, uh, coffee community with a lot of potential for growth and just a lot of great, great people to learn from. So I'm super excited. I'm yeah. super excited about that. Yeah, I'm super excited for you. And and honestly, I mean, it, it 
you know, you and I have talked a lot about, uh, a lot about, you know, what would it be like to work in coffee? Cause you know, we're up to this point, we've both been just in, in home brewing enthusiasts and whatever title you want to give us, you know, not having actually worked in coffee. So it's really cool that at least one of us is taking the step into the, into the uh, commercial, you know, coffee industry, which is, which is super cool. So do, are you, are you sticking with the podcast? Are you sticking with sticking with the show? Yes, definitely. At least for now. And I would, I mean, Hey, email in and say, if, if you, if you say, Hey, Brian, we're sick of you on the podcast, go away. Just do quills. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't do that. I hope I don't get any of those emails. Yeah, that'd be uh, terrible. No, the plan is to continue all uh, operations as normal. So on cool. on social media, uh, specifically, you know, on Instagram, Abandoned Coffee has just been my kind of just growth and exploration through coffee. And I plan to continue doing that. I'm going to continue to be drinking all the same coffees that I always did and learning new things the same way that I always did. But now I, I'll have some other information you know, to grow from too, uh, with I brew my own coffee. I mean, I will still be brewing stuff at home. And, and one thing that you and I have always been interested in is, is are the episodes where we get guests on as well. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think that's going to change any at all. I think, uh, if anything, hopefully we can continue just to bring more folks into, uh, I brew my own coffee. And then, uh, hopefully I would, I would think that maybe some of the experience that I gain from that too would would just be pertinent to uh, some of our conversations, right? So, because yeah. we talk a lot sometimes too about, oh, we don't necessarily know what the authority is or how that's done in a shop or, you know. So it, I'm really excited about that. And then again, I'm excited about everything that I'm able to give to Quills. And then likewise, uh, I, I can only imagine that there'll be so much more kind of given back to me that I'll be able to take in from uh, this uh, awesome opportunity. So I'm super, super excited about that. And I, I really am looking forward to just exploring everything that I can with that team. Cool. Well, yeah, it's it, figured we should announce it. Cause you know, people are going to start seeing uh, probably a lot more about it on Instagram and other things as you, as you move. So, um, yes, yeah, if you're listening to the Iberman coffee podcast and you live in the Louisville area, stop on in and say hi to Brian at Quills on his first day behind the bar, which I would, if I knew when that day would, would be, I would book a ticket right now. And well, I'd, let me tell you this, this actually is, this might be a little bit better too, because uh, I believe this news has been out. I'll po- post a link to the show notes, but they're actually going to be moving the the roastery and uh, opening a new shop, and that's where the new offices will be uh, here probably in the fall. And it's an Sweet. old firehouse, ooh, with pole awesome. intact and everything. So Stop. I'm I'm super excited. So it's going to be really really <laughs> cool. Uh, that's really there's cool. a, I mean, that's a, it's a super good team. Like I'm, I'm excited about the car. I mean, you and I recently, I think probably most recently their Peru was mm-hmm. something that we just like could not stop talking about. Right. Yeah. So I'm just excited to be a part of team doing that and, you know, being able to do some origin trips and then just, um, continue to do all that. But yes, if you're in Louisville, definitely let me know. And this is a, the, just as a side note, this is the one thing I always hate, right? When you, when you're somebody who gets coffees, sometimes just kind of un, announced moving's the worst because you'd never know who all to update your address with so i don't really i'm not trying to specifically throw that out but if anyone (laughs) is listening who like has an old address of mine and you perhaps are one of those people shoot me an email so that i can get you my my accurate address i I remember that just a little bit ago while i was brewing a cup because i was like oh shoot i have to make sure to change all of my subscription 
uh, yep. the address of those. So I so sudden coffee currently, and then cafe box, a misto box. I need to make sure I get all my names or my addresses updated in that. Yeah, that's going to be whoever whoever moves into the house after you better enjoy coffee. I so. have my I have my change of address <laughs> form in there, but I know there's a lot of things that that uh, that don't make it. Yeah, I hope they like coffee and chocolate because that's going to probably still keep <laughs> arriving at their house. <laughs> That's awesome. I have some friends that talked about moving in instead, so they'll probably be like, thanks, Brian. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Well, I appreciate so, you bringing that up, but yeah, let's uh, let's dig into some of these emails. Yep. So one of the emails that, uh, that came in that I thought was really interesting actually came in um, today. This was an email all about how to store coffee, and I know we've kind of talked about it a little bit, you know, from time to time, but I don't think we've ever really, like focused on the topic very, very carefully. Um, so how do you store coffee at home? I mean, obviously you get a bunch of bags or maybe you just have one bag at home and, but it's more than you can drink at any time. Like how, how are you keeping that? Let's, let's hope you're not sticking it in the freezer. Okay. Just right off the bat. I'm going to let my secret, I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. Okay. Okay. So when I get bags of coffee in, I keep them in the bags that they came in. <gasps> and you want, me, you want me to tell you what I, my special extra that I do? Okay, go ahead. Nothing. I just keep them in the bags <laughs> that they came in. And that's all I do. Um, yeah. Now, the tricky one comes with some of the bags that don't have tin ties if it's a bag with that isn't like a zip seal. Yeah. And so I have to – I'm not a big fan of the resealable tape, so I'll either have to clip it or – Sometimes I'll even double it up with a different bag that has a, a, a tin tie or bread tie, right? Or it's not a bread tie. It's a it's a tin tie. But yeah. I'll, I'll have to do it. So there's double bags with one clip or something like that. But no, I've um, – I think I used to – whenever I worked at the my previous job at the engineering company, I would I would have little containers that I would dose out coffee. I would pre-grind it at home so I didn't bring my grinder in. And I would bring coffee in those. But – Lately, I've I just keep it in the bag. And to be honest with you, this maybe it's a fluke. Maybe I just have a bad palate. Um, I I didn't think I did, but I I would say ninety five percent of the time, I I don't run into a problem with a coffee going stale on me, like before, like it's it's time for that coffee to be old. Does that make sense? Yeah, I might yeah. revisit it like a month later and it's it it's done. And in that I would understand that. But I don't at 95 percent of the time uh, I can go three, three weeks plus generally with no with no real change in the coffee besides what maybe I would expect. But at the same time, I guess that could open a whole nother can of worms. You know, I've seen some people who say their preferred drinking is within like the first 48 hours of a roast. Some people are two to five days or something. Uh, yeah. Some, the window is like a seven to nine. Others, it might be two weeks. Uh, some, they like it at three weeks. I And again, maybe it's just my perception of the coffee. I just always think that I like to notice how it might change through the weeks. And to some, that might be, uh, they might have heightened senses from what I have. And, and to them, that might be, no, no, that's that's already gone. <laughs> but to me, I, I mean, I would say like 95 percent of the time with coffees, I can in just their whatever bag they come in, just store it in yeah. there. So I mean, obviously, getting back down to like the super basics here, um, you know, you're making sure that you're grinding every batch right before you brew it. You know, so yeah. so the beans are still whole bean in in the bag. You know, you you try to to keep enough air 
out of the mix as possible by making sure the bag is either a Ziploc seal or, or some sort of tin tie or, you know, rubber banded or whatever you have to do to keep the thing closed. Um, keep it in, you know, out of the sunlight, obviously some, somewhere that's kind of dark, maybe if it's, if it's a clear bag or I don't know, whatever, but I, I, I'm kind of the same way as you, honestly, like I don't, I don't have a whole lot of, uh, fussy storage mechanisms. Although I will say this. So, you know, because I end up brewing a lot of coffee for the office, um, you know, we do like 320 grams in the morning batch and another 160 in the afternoon. And, uh, you know, so I end up having a lot of coffee that I sort of need to make sure I have portioned out and so that I don't actually drink it you know, so before it's time. And then, then I can't brew it in the office in, in full batches like I'd want to. So I will actually take coffee and put it in uh, Mason jars, but I won't do that until it's at least like five or six days off roast, you know, just so it's had enough time to sort of degas in that one way valve bag or, or, you know, whatever bag it was in. Um, and then I'll stick it in Mason jars and I'll actually vacuum seal it up in there. But I mean, I haven't really gone through and done like a, a, a hardcore side by side comparison of like coffee that was in a bag versus coffee that was vacuum sealed up. And, and so I really couldn't say one way or another, which is better. But I, you know, I mainly put them in other containers that way just to keep myself from drinking them, um, you know, accidentally. So. This is something yeah. I would suggest to you. Just I'd be interested to hear what your thoughts or if anybody uh, listening has done this, uh, shoot us a line. Let me know. I'd be interested in because I don't have the means to vacuum seal, but it'd be interesting if you took uh, a bag and you portioned it maybe in half. One you kept in original packaging when yeah. you put another package that you every time you brewed it up, you vacuum sealed it and you did like side by side brews at like a one week, two week, three week interval. Sure. To see if you notice any differences. And, hey, and again, there's hey, some, game on. Happen. I'm ready. I'll, I'll do that right now. Yeah, I'd Let's love go. to I'd love to hear about it. just I mean, and that would help us just know if, you know, repeated vacuum sealing. And I, the reason I bring that up is sometimes if I if I'm at uh, somebody's roastery or something, if I open up a bag and we brew it, let's say we're putting on the cupping table or something. Uh, sometimes I get asked, hey, do you want me to like heat seal and then, you know, suck up the air of that for you again? And sometimes I will and sometimes I won't, but it, it just makes me curious. Like if I had the means to always heat seal the bag back up and then pump all the air out, would I notice that that coffee stayed more fresh? I don't, yeah. I, mean, I don't, I don't have that answer. Right. Anyway. So, I mean, that's, that's our experience. And really that again, kind of like, kind of like you mentioned earlier, probably not an authoritative answer by any stretch of the imagination, but it's just what we do. And, you know, if you have one, if you have one coffee or a few coffees, you know, that you're, that you're trying to work your way through, um, over the course of a few weeks, you know, just seal it up as best you can stick it in a dark place. And, you know, that should probably be okay. Um, if you, if you want to invest in some sort of other option, I know like, um, sweet Maria's I I've, I've purchased a bunch of like one pound, uh, one way valve tins from them. Um, that, that actually worked really well. Uh, when I roasted coffee more and more frequently, um, I would throw, throw all my beans in there and then it would uh, still allow the coffee to, you know, outgas, but it, it would, uh, you know, it was just another container because I obviously didn't have a bag, uh, to, to store it in, but 
And just more specifically, if someone else wanted to like chime in on a response to this question too. So what they brought up is they, they said they drink about a pound of coffee in, in three weeks. And so they were trying to figure out if it's, if it's worth the money to get airtight containers. So if, if like it, I guess if somebody was going along more with what I was saying, I don't think it's necessary for someone to do that. But right. then they brought up of whether or not they'd get an extra week. So let's say let's say this particular person around the three week mark, maybe more consistently, they're realizing nah, it's a little tired. So I guess this person's wondering if they could get another week or two maybe out of their coffee. So again, I just wanted to to expand on that a little bit more. So any of you listeners out there, if you have experience with that. You know, feel free to shoot us a line. Um, we can uh, again on social media platforms. We're hashtag IBMOC Talk, and uh, we could see some responses that way, or just shoot us an email. Yep. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting discussion. I mean, and it, a lot of it is subjective, and there's a lot of variables involved. And you know what? How was the coffee roasted, and all the all the other things that that are in play. You know, wh- whether or not you're tasting it the same from week to week, but you know. I, I would be curious also to hear other people's responses to how they store coffee, um, you know, keep it fresh for a few weeks. Sure. So we got a, a we got a question in and it was inquiring about our worst cafe experience, <laughs> which I uh, thinking on it a little bit. I could think on it a little deeper for worst cafe experience, but I just want to bring up something that it's not a really big issue, but it's something that it's happened to me. I would say at least five times when I've gone to a shop is, and it's probably my way of asking. So I'll probably learn this if I spend some bar time, but also uh, baristas or anyone who uh, works behind bar or has a roaster or something. Let me know if, if, if you would catch this uh, incorrectly too. So if I go into a shop and I ask, I usually will ask what they have as espresso if I don't see a menu and they might have a couple options or not, but if they have like a single origin offering, I'm I'm typically interested in trying it as espresso, but I'll often ask how it is with milk because some folks they don't like to do their sing origins with milk. It's it's better just as espresso, but some of them will say, "Oh, it's you know I wouldn't go larger than a cappuccino, or I wouldn't go larger than a cortado, or they might just say it's good with a macchiato." So uh, after I kind of go through that, I'll say, "Okay, I'll take the single origin and a cappuccino," and I've. I've gotten a lot of times where I just get one drink served to me and it's usually a cappuccino or the cortado or whatever. And there might've even been times where I've just gotten the espresso, but somehow when I, when I've made my order, I don't know if it's because it sounds like I'm saying I'll take the single origin in the cappuccino, but I won't get the, I won't get the espresso and the milk course. And I, I usually have hoped to, kind of see how it is with and without the milk. And I generally just end up with the milk course. Huh. So it's not, again, that's not, I don't want to say it's a worst cafe experience, but this has happened almost a dozen times, or I'm sorry, almost a half a dozen times at least. Wow. <laughs> so it's something that has been picked. And this, and these are various shops. It's not like I'm going to the same shop and it's just a repeated thing. This has been multiple shops all across the U S interesting. So maybe you just need to say, I'll have the single origin and a cappuccino right like make a real big deal about it sure i don't know maybe i just need to but i think even if i say i'll take the cappuccino in the single origin i think i've even said it that order and it's still i've still had it huh. wrong interesting so anyway i don't you know thinking just about worst experiences i 
I don't know that I've gone to a cafe and just had a downright terrible experience. Have you? I, I have. I uh, oh, it, oh. Now I feel like I've heard oh, this story, but keep oh, brother. But bring it up. I don't think I've ever talked about it on the show. Um, so there was one there was one I'll, I'll, I'll mention two because b- both of them are kind of in the same vein. Um, it was both times it was going to a cafe as it was probably about a half an hour from closing. You know, which, okay, maybe that's my fault for stopping into a a cafe as they're closing. Because obviously they got closing duties to do. They're trying to break down the bar, you know, all the things that they're doing. Um, One time I went into a cafe that was, um, yeah, I ordered an espresso. And they offered it to me in a paper cup, which... You know, I shouldn't be so fussy as to as to maybe take offense to that. But, you know, they didn't they didn't even offer it to me in, you know, in a proper cup. You know, they just gave it to me in a paper cup, no lid or, you know, anything like that. And it was just sort of I don't know. It it wasn't as thoughtful of an experience as I was as I was hoping for. That's actually not the worst one. So that that was marginally bad. And but I've still never been back to that shop uh, since then. Um, The worst one was going into a cafe about a half an hour before it was closing and I ordered an espresso. I'm seeing they a trend here. It, they served, right, this is what I do. So they served it to me in, you know, a proper cup, but all they did was pour filter coffee into it. Oh no. And hand it to me. Like I'm supposed to think, Oh, this tastes like a fancy espresso. I mean, clearly I knew it was, it was filter and I didn't, you know, make a big deal about it. Cause it was very clear to me that they had closed down their, uh, their espresso bar and they didn't want to tell me that. And so, so you just think, I, Hey, maybe it's common courtesy. Hey, let us know if, if that's not an option and what my options are. And I'll choose yeah, accordingly to that. So, so they just gave me like basically an, you know, an eighth of, uh, an eighth of a beverage that I paid probably, you know, two dollars more than i would have had i gotten a full size cup uh, anyway it was it was not not my favorite experience yeah it's but, like uh, the 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 fetco coffee is two dollars and the espresso is three dollars and you got an eighth of a cup of of drip <laughs> coffee for the cost of a shot of espresso yeah it was it was i i just had to smile and you know i didn't make a big deal about it because i was with i was with people so i didn't i didn't really want to be fussy but uh yeah, that happened once and not not my favorite experience. At all, I had the but. paper cup espresso thing offered to me, too, but it was, I mean, about 30 minutes before shop closing. And yeah, I have had that experience before, too. I was uh, not not a fan. This guy, this guy who's at the email is probably like, oh, these guys have not had a bad cafe experience. Let's no, shoot no. us an email. What your what what everyone's if you guys have a terrible cafe experience, I want to hear about it. That would bring some really funny uh, stuff to the email. I would love to hear that. I'd love to see that. Put it, yeah. And if you've got a, if you have a photo or a video of a terrible experience, post it on Instagram and tag IBM Mostly Talk, and uh, I'd like to see it. This will be. Uh, this will help me to know which things to and not to to do ever. Yeah, yeah that's true. This is uh, this is this will be good ed- education for you. It's funny. So, okay. So we also got an email uh, recently, and I, uh, I love this email. And we've been intending to talk about this for a very, very long time. But uh, this email was, was you know, kind of hit home with some of the things I've been thinking about recently. Um, and it's about, like, gear maintenance and how do you clean 
your coffee gear. And so I thought maybe we'd just talk about that, like what we do, uh, what, what kinds of products we'd recommend for people to do that and at, and at what interval. Um, I'm just going to start off by saying uh, your buddy, my, Michael Butterworth, um, who clearly is, is the man you know, when it comes to this kind of stuff. Uh, I don't know why I'd never even made the connection to use this product to clean my, my coffee gear, but he posted a couple months back or maybe longer than that, probably like six or eight months ago about, uh, you know, given his V60 O2, a, a nice wash down with Kafiza powder. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I just never made the connection that that was a thing I should be using on my, I was, I was associated with like espresso machines and cleaning, you know, cleaning espresso machines and things like that. But I mean, it, it is magical. Do you have Kefisa powder at home? I have some, but I've not gone so far as to use it to clean my gear. So I need to pick some up when I get to Louisville, walk it, over to Prima. It is insane. So, you know, you, you've, you have your Chemex, right? And, and uh, underneath the wood collar of your Chemex, you get all sorts of buildup and residue down there. And, and inevitably, you're going to have like a filmy sort of, you know, ring around the inside of your Chemex at some point. Um, you know, you get that notable like dark spot in the middle of your V60 O2. Um, if you've got any sorts of carafes or even cups or whatever else that you have, um, like thermoses, hydro flasks, or, you know, little other kinds of thermoses, you know, inevitably you're going to get like some coffee film that builds up on them over time. And this stuff is just magical. Like you put a little bit of it in some hot water, just let your, let your gear soak in it for maybe 10 minutes, pull it out, give it a scrub. And it's like, it's like you just opened it up from its original packaging for the first time. Um, some of my favorite stuff out there and you can get two tubes of it on Amazon for fairly decently price. So anyway, I, I, I would say hands down in terms of like filter gear and carafes and cups and, you know, cleaning that kind of stuff. Kafiza does wonders. So I've never found anything that does that does a better job. But how about you? Yeah. Do you clean your stuff regularly? Or are, you, are you just in there scrubbing like an animal? Yeah. With, be, well, with before brush? that, I have uh, I use the seventh generation free and clear. So I wanted to find kind of like a natural dish soap that wouldn't give it uh, scent. Mm -hmm. And so we use that for a lot of the coffee gear. And then I just have. I don't remember what section is probably the dish section, but from Ikea, they have these brushes that are pretty good. I have one of the Chemex brushes too, but they're in the really thick bristles to get inside of Chemex. But I've got a, a little bristle brush from Ikea and they're really inexpensive in case you lose it or something, but it's really good about getting into Caref specifically. It's not, you know, it's, it's long enough to get in there, not too long. And I can get into the Chemex a little bit more difficult to get into the Chemex, but it's easy to, to clean that way. And then I don't remember where it, I got it. It might have come with my Baratza grinder, but I keep a little wire brush also for yeah. cleaning uh, grinders and stuff too, which is interesting. So I was just I, – I packed up the Sete grinder to send back to you, and then <laughs> I also packed up the, the – since we're, we're moving, the Breville Smart Grinder Pro. Yeah. Packed them both up. So I took the hopper off of both these grinders – and these are so I've already run all the beans through them, right? So like I I press a button. Zzzz. I mean, at this point, there's nothing coming through. Take the hopper off, and you look down, and you can still see not just like the residue, but there there's usually like a bean or two still sitting down there that just yep. hasn't been ground. So 
and the only reason I bring that up is because for people who don't um, maybe grind or uh, clean their grinders all that often, just think that that was me just taking the hopper off of what I assumed was a, a completely empty grinder and going to another coffee. I mean, uh, sorry, not going to another coffee, going, uh, just putting it away. But if you were going from coffee to coffee, there's a bunch of crossover that you're probably going to get in between without, you know, cleaning your grinders, cleaning your burrs. I, I posted a picture a while back uh, cleaning a burr set in my in a grinder, too. I, I can try and find the, the link and, and just link to that picture. But if you don't regularly clean out your grinders, you're going to find out that there's you get gobs of stuff in there, not even just on the teeth of the the, the burrs themselves, but the rings around them, right? And like under yep. the little rubber gaskets and stuff, you have all these places where a lot of fines will just camp. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. Um, I almost every weekend, I, I really I really try to do this. Almost every weekend, I try to, to clean out my filter grinder, my, my forte that I use in the office, um, just because I'm, I'm running pounds of coffee through that every week. And, you know, it, it needs it at the end of the week. Uh, you know, it definitely needs a good, good scrub down. Um, how frequently do you usually clean your grinders? Do you have a set interval? Do you, do you just kind of wing it? Well, mine I use less. So the, the K30, I don't do as often as I'd like to. When I tried to take it apart last time, it, uh, it took a little bit to, to get it all taken apart, but I'd like to start doing that more, but I don't do, I think in the general span of things, I don't do espresso a whole, 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 whole lot. Um, but my Vario, I try and do like every two weeks and I don't, I don't put through, I don't think as much coffee as you do on my electric grinder. And I'll use my, my hand grinders a little bit more frequently. And I clean those out. I would say every day. And that's, that might be a little unnecessary, but they're just so easy to take apart and, and clean. So I do that, uh, a lot of times, like with the, um, which one, the Orphan Espresso, I'll I'll do probably at least brushing it after every grind, um, pretty thoroughly. But you kind of have to because the burrs kind of recessed up in there, uh-huh. and then I just used the Commandante um, before this episode on a on a grind too, and I and that's easy to kind of get into and try and clean some stuff out too. Yeah, it was one of the reasons why I was really impressed with the with the sete and the way that the um, the burr set actually comes out. Oh my gosh! And it's it is so easy to clean. Like it, there's no excuse not to clean that thing on a regular basis. But that there are some other grinders, and and you know notably my two espresso grinders that I have aside from the sete, um, I don't clean those out as frequently. Although I do also have coffee sitting in them very very regularly, so I'll vacuum them out when I get done with, um, done with a hopper and I'll vacuum it out. I'll try to brush it out as much as I can, but I don't, I don't frequently pull the burr set out of those, you know, maybe, maybe like every six hoppers worth full of beans. I'll, I'll actually go through and really do a a proper scrub down on them. But, and that's something um, you have that I wish I had. I don't have, I just have my regular vacuum but you'll oh, you'll yes. find out, especially if you if you grind for espresso and you have a lot of a lot more fines than let's say a grinder that you do mainly uh, filter size grind on. You'll you'll find out that getting a vacuum hose down in there uh, or a hand vacuum or whatever and and getting a lot of that stuff cleaned out makes a huge difference. 
So I use I use that hand vacuum every morning because, like I said, I've, I'm I'm grinding like over a pound of coffee, you know, every day, and it is chaff city in my kitchen every morning. Um, you know, when you grind, like especially with wash process coffees, when you grind a whole lot of, of coffee all at the same time, that's when all the chaff kind of collects and becomes, you know, sticks to the side of things and and you my wife would kill me if I left the house without vacuuming off all the surfaces and, you know, cleaning out stuff. Cause it's, there's just little bits and pieces of paraphernalia all over the place so that I have to, to vacuum up. So I, I have, like you said, I have a, a little hand vacuum and, uh, I, it's not entirely dedicated to coffee, but I think it's pretty much one of the only things it gets used for. Um, and it's from Dyson. It's one of those, the little, uh, handheld battery powered ones. And I love it. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking one up. They're they're great for cleaning. Um, you know, shove it right up the the grinder spout, and you know, suck out as much stuff as you can get from it on a regular basis. Yeah, and and not to try and be too pitchy, but you you were absolutely correct on regards to the sete uh, burr and how easy it is to clean. Like I, um, shipping it back to you, and right before doing that, I've I've been mainly spending time with it as filter grinding which is it's kind of irrelevant to cleaning but i just realizing how much i'm enjoying that grinder that all things considered it, it, the ease of cleaning it i mean you turn the burr set one direction you pull it out brush 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 pull it back lock it you're that that's it i mean it's well, and the whole the whole center channel is completely uh, available now hole. for you for it's just one giant hole through the whole thing and you just brush it out and there's no like 90 degree turns or any kind of weird thing that you've got to like no navigate that it's got you got to wipe down with a towel or anything it's just right. right through so that's i mean especially for somebody who's who's you know if they're just listening they're and they're looking and they haven't kept that on the radar just keep it in mind i mean it's something that's coming out pretty soon it's and um especially if cleaning and you're if, if you're someone who goes through a lot of coffee but not made uh, a purchase on something like that then it's going to be real easy to clean in between coffees and what you had the setting of and for some reason I I didn't find myself pressing the button I would just purge just on one of the other settings but you had uh, like a 0.1 second uh, program oh, yeah. in one of the settings just to purge a coffee through yeah it was to purge but it was also to uh, like if you found yourself uh, not hitting exactly the right dose sure you could just pop pop it for basically a tenth of a second and it would, you know, just put out as minimal amount of coffee as possible to help you kind of get to your dose. I'm but, so anxious to start seeing some stuff about the weight, the weight version of that. Yeah, that's going to be rad. But yeah, I'm I was throwing the V60 under it, just going right into the grinding right into the V60 and having some really great cups. So I'm excited. I think I left it just FYI. I think I left it on the filter setting I was using. So I wouldn't I would suggest jumping right into a like a, a small little b60 brew with that and see what you think sweet anyway yeah so cleaning i mean it's really important and obviously if you have an espresso machine um cleaning is very important uh you know and and with every espresso machine clearly you know manufacturers recommended you know mechanisms of cleaning usually it'll involve putting in a uh like a blank basket or a, a a solid basket and then putting some sort of tablet in there and, and running a cleaning cycle on it. But, uh, yeah, cleaning your gear is super important. Not only like big scale cleaning, but just incrementally keeping it clean, um, wiping it down, giving it a vacuum. There's nothing worse than like coming home and seeing this, seeing a film of, 
you know, like milky residue on your espresso machine. So like well, let clean me, it off. I want to bring it, up get, this. This is actually I I this is more of a question for you or for listeners. So one thing that I use, I would say more frequently than anything else, right? Is my kettle. Do you ever clean your kettle? Um, I, when I, when I do, um, when I have the kafiza out, yeah, I'll, I will not throw the, the Bonavita in, in the, the bath there just because the base is, I don't want to mess up with the base, but I will pour like soap or sudsy water into it and let it kind of soak so, around with kafiza. And I think it's the Bonavita specifically I'm talking about with the, the variable temp the, or the electric ones. Right. There's markings on the bottom, and when I've mentioned before, they've talked about just, like, using something to descale inside the, the kettle. Uh-huh. And I've not done that. I mean, it's not really posed a problem, but uh, it, it's something to for people to keep in mind because some people might be using water with a little bit too much salt or something like that. I know it sounds weird, but that stuff can build up. I've Or water that's demineralized or has too much of a particular mineral, you might notice there's, like, some white film or something that will get inside your kettle. And sometimes yeah. you could just wipe that out or you might need to, you know, kind of let it soak in, not not soak inside of something, but put something in there to soak just inside your kettle and then rinse it out uh, later on or something. Yeah, no, that's honestly and that's that's why I recommend that that Kefisa stuff. I I've, I have not yet found anything that I can throw it at. Um, that it, that it hasn't taken care of the job on, you know, I, I have, I love my Zojirushi, uh, thermos. It's like hands down one of my favorite thermoses. Um, but regularly you look down the thing and it'll just be this dark black hole. And, uh, you know, it, it's supposed to be bright silver in there, but you, you know, just because of coffee sitting in there for a long time, it, it gathers minerals and various things and sticks to it run the kafiza through it, you know, for let it soak for like five minutes and it comes right back to being super bright and sparkly again. So, and you were talking espresso machines. One thing I want to bring up in regards to the Breville, you and I both have the dual boiler, but some people mm-hmm. have been, have asked, um, this was mainly when I was, when I first had it, but people were asking uh, about whether or not they should get the newer version of the dual boiler. Cause they maybe have found a good deal on like the previous version, like the 900 versus the 920. And yeah. I can't say for certain, but I know that there's a descaling feature that the first one didn't have. And right. so, and I don't know if it runs that clean cycle the same way that the one that the, that our version does, but I do know that the version that I, that we have makes it very easy to clean. You go into like a low clean cycle, pfft, it does everything for you. Like with my, yep. the CC one, the Crossland, I, I would just need to, I'd put like Hafiza in the, the water. I would have to let it f- go through so long, let it sit for X amount of time, then let it go through again. Or if I'm cleaning out the group head, I would put the tablet in there and then, um, you know, run five times and then, uh, just let it blow through some water a little bit and do it. I mean, you would let some sitting, but the, the Breville itself, it just, you just let it do its thing and then it's done. Well, and, After it, and, it, re- and it reminds you too. Yes. Like, hey, it's time to clean. Yeah. So it makes so. it, re- that makes it really easy. So uh, that's, that's kind of, I just wanted to throw that in there for anybody else who is, if they come up to a decision like that between a dual boiler, but like the older version and the new version, keep in mind that the newer version, I, I'm fairly certain has easier uh, or capable features of cleaning. Yep. 
anyway, so it, it it's it's kind of a weird thing to focus on for a long time. But I, I mean, honestly, like if you've got this awesome quality coffee, right, and you and you're using really good quality water, and you know you, your grinder is uh, of of a, of a nice caliber that should be able to, to grind that coffee. Well, and you, you control all these variables, right? Like you're following the recipe and you're doing all the things that you think you should be doing. But like, seriously, if you're using a dirty, gross Chemex that hasn't been washed in forever or like, you know, whatever, I mean, it, it just, it, it almost negates like all the fussiness that you're going through to try to bring out the best in a coffee. If you're brewing into, into dirty gear and I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm like a borderline OCD and I need to have everything nice and tidy, but I love to have stuff clean and making sure I do that on a regular basis is also uh, something I do regularly. I mean, so. I think that's part of it, but I do not think that you're wrong either. So, <laughs> Okay, well, that's good. Yeah, and, and so, you know, kind of like we've been doing on this episode, if you have... Uh, something that you do to clean something or some recommendation that you use or that you'd like to give to people to, to clean stuff, you know, seriously shoot us a line on uh, social media or drop us an email. Uh, we'd, we'd love to hear what you, uh, what tips you have to keep stuff clean. So, and this is kind of a, a quicker episode. Uh, I mean, not, sorry, not episode, a quicker question, but I know that I've seen maybe one or two questions about this. I just want to hit on it real quick. So we've been asked and we might've mentioned it, uh, previously, but I don't recall which episode, but we've been asked about episodes on home roasting. And I know Brian was getting into it a little bit more towards the beginning of the year, but so Brian and I both uh, occasionally <laughs> home roast. And so I don't know that we'd be able to get an awesome episode, just the two of us. So uh, again, Anyone who has emailed that question in, thank you. And we we can kind of feel around for someone that's a friend of ours that doesn't work in coffee, but you know mainly just does profiles or whatever home roasting. And you know we can maybe talk about that. Maybe you know we should see if the 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 someone from Sweet Maria's wants to come on. That would be rad. Oh, the, I don't even I didn't even think about that till right now. But we could do that because they would be able to talk about all different types of home roasting and you know kind of yep. the differences you might see. Anyway, so the. Hopefully, at some point in time in the future, we can line up an episode about that. But in terms of Brian and I specifically talking about it, it likely won't be an episode of just the two of us. But thank you for the suggestions. And um, if not for thinking about it right now, I wouldn't have thought about uh, trying to reach out to someone that's serious. So that's yeah, that'd be cool. Boom. All right. And uh, one other email that we always get always without fail, like every couple of weeks, you know, we are getting emails about water. We've talked about it from almost our very first episode taking over the show last year. Um, we have not done a water episode yet, but Brian has news for us. Brian, tell us what's coming up. Well, I'm soon. not going to say anything super solid because we're it's still fine. firming up the details of whether or not the guest that we're talking about is on. But I will say that we are discussing having somebody on to go through a water episode that is very knowledgeable about it. And just, I, I I'm, I'd be super excited um, s scheduling out that time. So we just have some other things that we're going to finalize. And again, summer's been a little busy for everybody. So there will be a water episode, hopefully in the very, very near future. It's one of the, uh, you and I, before a couple episodes ago, we talked about kind of the next X amount of episodes and there have been some miscellaneous ones that have popped in between, but uh, you know we only we have a couple more specific topics that we're hoping to hit. So 
uh, before the end of the year, I would imagine that you're going to hear that and hopefully before um, fall or at least the end of fall. And we'll get to that water episode. So listen, everybody, thank you so much for for sending us emails. Thank you also for sticking with us for, you know, the entire year since we've taken over the podcast. Um, And thank you for bearing with us as we were off for a week. So um, if you got questions, if you got things that you want to bring up, uh, if you got any responses to this episode, there's tons of things you could probably email us about or or post social media about. Um, We would again, we'd love to hear it. Uh, Please go ahead and do that. IBMOC talk if you're going to post on social media or just drop us an email on our website at ibrewmyowncoffee.com and you can click the contact us link at the top of the page. All right, and we've been doing the IBMOC recommends for a little bit of time too. And if you haven't, let us know if that's something that's been really interesting for you. If you've been uh, digging the selections that we've been sending out. So we've got uh, a a good amount of people who are uh, signed up for that, but we don't always get a chance to hear back from everybody about whether or not that's a coffee that's resonating with them or if they've been picking it up. So um, that would be really exciting because we've been been getting into some really cool coffees, I think, lately. And some very, I would say some varied ones too, some kind of... um, miscellaneous roasters at least to you and i have kind of popped into the mix and and really impressed us that we've thrown in so and and you know this was actually a something that i wanted to throw in here too about uh recommends if you've got a roaster that you are interested in that you love and you think that everyone else would love it too um you know tag us on social media on ivory my own coffee's account or you know let us know somehow about them if we haven't talked about them or if we haven't brought them up on on recommends for people um you know, we'd, we'd be super interested to kind of take a look around at some more roasters than maybe we're we're familiar with personally. So uh, specifically to decafs, we've got uh, a good group of people <laughs> who are in, into decafs and you and I just don't have uh, yeah. them all that frequently. So if you've been drinking a nice decaf or have, uh, you know, a roaster that you want to suggest and we can check them out. So that way we can see if it's something for our mix, too. Cool. All right. You got anything else? No, I think that's about it. Cool. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, you can check us out on Instagram at I Brew My Own Coffee. You can check us out on Twitter at Brew My Own Coffee. Again, uh, if you want to check out the show notes for this episode, visit us on our website at ibrewmyowncoffee.com slash 44. And uh, there we'll have links to all the things that we've talked about in this episode. Uh, thanks everybody for tuning in. And until next episode, keep your gear clean, everybody. Happy cleaning. <laughs>